Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the kind of, sort of, maybe like a podcast here on showbizmonkeys.com. I'm Paul Little, and I normally don't like to do these intro things. Uh, They're on some of them, but not all of our interviews and podcasts. But I'm going to do one now because uh, the next guest that you're going to listen to, uh, Pete Johansson, he called me back and I didn't quite start recording his part at the exact right time. And so it kind of jumps in, so I just wanted to make sure that you all knew that you were listening to a Pete Johansson podcast. Uh, The intro tag that we have during our intro isn't him, because I didn't get a chance to ask him to record one. So you're going to hear the great Paul F. Tompkins introduce the show. But then I'm going to be talking with Pete Johansson. He is a great Canadian comic who has spent the last uh, seven or so years living in the UK. He's back uh, in Canada, which we jump right into at the beginning. And uh, he's coming to the Winnipeg Comedy Festival this week. We're really excited to interview him on showbizmonkeys.com for the second time. I'm personally excited to catch him at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival this week. And yeah, hopefully you enjoy listening to this. Here we go. Hello, this is Paul F. Tompkins, the famous comedian. You seem to have found yourself at showbizmonkeys.com. Sorry to blow your mind. Around this town. I'm alright. You've been living in the UK for uh, for quite a few years now. What's prompted the move back to Canada? I mean, I love the UK for what it offers. Uh, it's a compact, uh, educated. Uh, a group of people that love to laugh and go out, but uh, it's a hard place to live when you're used to the Canadian standard of living to a certain degree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, the cynicism there is just too high. <laughs> I mean, Canadians are cynical, but not huh. like the British are cynical. Like, uh, it's just, they're not, if you come up with any idea in Britain, you're told no a million times first. Canada, you're told no about five. <laughs> and then and then people are like oh well maybe <laughs> so it's just it's a more optimistic place canada and i, I thought about growing old I, I didn't want to become like that i wanted right. to be canadian plus with the new government um i feel like there's a wind and it's canada's moment right now um i think canada's going through sort of a global spotlight where uh we're being looked at as an uh, opportunity for positive transformation in the world mm-hmm. you know we're, we're like a country that's gone through self-help <laughs> and 10 years of it yeah 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 maybe we can maybe we can do the same thing <laughs> so i, I kind of want to be a part of that in toronto in particular i've never lived in before so i thought i'd start fresh in a city where i had to go out and you know hit the nose to the grindstone because i didn't want to rest on my laurels like i kind of would have in vancouver right so <laughs> I, I just wanted to make sure i was challenged inspired and back home and uh i'm loving it i just love it yeah, you've so you've been you've been back for a few weeks uh, so far. Although it's it's still pretty early. How has Toronto compared to some of the other places that you've lived? Well, I've spent uh, seven years in Vancouver, seven years in Los Angeles, seven years in London. The first three weeks in Toronto were good. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. Uh, the people are fantastic. The city, you know, it, it, I'm still learning a lot about it. Like uh, the subway is not as extensive as I'm used to. 
Um, right. <laughs> but like coming uh, from London, especially, yeah. Yeah, I might actually have to buy a car, which is a terrifying thought. <laughs> um, I haven't owned a car in like eight years, so that'll be a weird thing. But uh, you know, I love it. I, I really uh, the comedy here is great. There's so many comics and trying really unique, strong points of view. Um, it, it's 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 an inspiring place to be, and there's a lot of people with uh, cross border sort of uh, perspectives with the U.S., which is nice. Like uh, there's. U.S. politics here, which I think is the funniest politics to observe, especially in comparison to our own, which there wasn't really a market for in the U.K., and I'm yeah. quite well-versed in that. So I find it's nice that I can revisit those as a topic. Um, you know, we're living next to the, you know, the example of our bad decisions, right. you know. <laughs> so it's, it's a fun place to parody off of, and it's constantly in our forethought. I, I love it. I really love it here in Canada. I love it. Everywhere I go, like I was just across the prairies, it was so nice. I couldn't believe how engaging, even going through a recession, how positive and upbeat the Canadians were, you know, in Alberta and stuff like that. Um, and I ran into the Alberta, and, uh, what's her name, the premier of Alberta? Um, Rachel Notley. Yeah, I ran into her in Fort McMurray. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it was really interesting because she had like uh, six bodyguards and uh, <laughs> like RCMP and she was at a Starbucks and uh, you know, I look typical, like, uh, you know, rough and tumble right out of bed in the morning. And I walked up to her and like all the security just stepped forward immediately. Like what the hell's going on? Here? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just, Hey, I'm a big fan of yours. And she was like, what here? <laughs> <laughs> I go, like, no, Don't worry. I'm not from here. <laughs> I'm not from here from England. I might be your only friend in this place. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it's been an interesting uh it's been a, I, I love it back here it's you know it's rediscovery so you meant you mentioned being just you know right on the edge of the united states and being able to observe what was going on down there i wanted to bring up this uh recent tweet of yours that got shared all over the place you be you became kind of a popular meme yeah that was weird actually i was in edmonton we were getting in the truck in the morning i said that to damon schritter and uh, and they all laughed in the car, going, "Hey, I'm going to write that as a tweet." <laughs> and then I put it in my phone. And I, you know, I put it up on my wall, and I, I, I didn't have phone reception for 24 hours. And I was looking at it, I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, that went uh, went pretty global. The weird thing about that, I've had a couple of things go globally. My Tinder profile went uh, huge last year too. Yeah, and uh, I, but this one was very different because I started getting hate mail like crazy from the right wing yeah there's a lot of passion there for sure oh yeah 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 and it's interesting I, I i spent a day i didn't respond too much i made a couple of uh, you know quirky things like you know stopping such a grumpy pants or something like light <laughs> like to yeah. some of them but i i did spend a lot of time going through the profiles of the people that sent me the messages and overwhelmingly uh racist profiles like yeah. that would have like a a southern cross uh, up on their wall or or would use the n-word in a negative horrible way and and all it just it was all racism they're all racist <laughs> like that seems like all the trump supporters are, are like it just in my own off the cuff thing it's just it's just disgusting yeah really shocked by it all yeah i've i've noticed that too a little bit when i whenever i've I try to stop myself from going down the rabbit hole of, you know, comments and right. comment sections and things like that. But occasionally... It's like picking a scab. Like, it yeah. feels kind of good at first, but you know it's bad for you. Yeah, there's just there's <laughs> this human curiosity, right? Where I just want to know who these people really are. And almost overwhelmingly, the same experiences with the hate mail you were getting. You know, you yeah. go into their profiles and you look at who they are and they've got, you know, so many similarities. They all have about 80 to 115 followers, too. Like, yeah. it's all in that real, like, weird, like, where did you get? You're not even at the human maximum for friends of 150. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't even explored your own personal human limits yet. Yeah, um, and they uh, <laughs> they all use the the Southern Cross somewhere or the, mm-hmm. the Confederate yeah. flag. And... Amazingly prevalent that that image I noticed. You know, and if if in your head you you know replace it with other images of hate, it's pretty shocking to think of how that wouldn't be accepted if you actually sort of. You know, if these were swastikas, <laughs> we'd yeah. be we'd be having a, a a different. You know, this would be a, a bigger issue. But it's basically the same thing. It's representing absolutely. And I've noticed all the objectivism. If you know, you can argue Obama's not the best president. And that's that's fine. There's a lot of reasons to argue that if if you believe that. Um, I I think he's a great president. But the arguments, all their arguments, aren't on policy. They're all on race. <laughs> you know, yeah, it comes e- down e- to either like, race or things that just don't make any sense and are clearly yeah. subversely about race. It, it easily disprovable, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's, I, I, whenever I hear like one of the, uh, a right way, and there are good conservatives out there. I, I have some in my family. Um, I'm not like, and I'm not a, a, I'm not a crazy liberal by any means. Liberals piss me off a lot too. Uh, <laughs> I like to think of myself as a reasonableist. But uh, yeah, when somebody confronts you with something interesting, like you know what he uses drones to, you know, to extrajudicially execute people, and I'm like, oh, and that sometimes I've had right wingers say that to me, even though that was started by you know their president. Right. <laughs> it's like it is a valid argument. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, yeah, well, you gotta listen to that. So I like to give everybody some credit. I, I talk about politics way too much. And I really want to just be kind of silly all the time, but I just get pulled in sometimes because I find it just so ridiculous. <laughs> Things that are ridiculous in the world make for good comedy, right? Yeah, yeah, ultimately. But it's like, but it, this is like, it's an entry level where we all see the ridiculousness, though. It's yeah. funner when one person goes, hey, look at this. And then we go, oh, shit, he's right. But yeah. this is one where we're all going, we all know it's right, but we're all like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, it's a collective yeah. sort of observation, yeah. Yeah. We, we've all made the observation that the plane's crashing, but nobody's pulling up on the stick. Right. <laughs> We're just writing tweets about the crash. Yeah. Which, you know, it's 2016. This is the, the world yeah. based around Twitter. So why not? <laughs> exactly. I guess. Uh, well, I want to do one more question I had about social media, because I've always wondered this about you and wondered not why, because I, I totally understand why observing it, but I just the the it's interesting to me that you have two Twitter accounts. Yeah, hey. You have you have good Pete Johansson and evil Pete Johansson. Yeah. And this amuses me a lot. Uh, the story behind it's actually a little less. It's it's uh, one of somebody thinking I'm an idiot, basically. <laughs> um, I, I started off with my with my evil Pete or scariest, which is what I I've always used as my handle. Um, and uh, I went and did Joe Rogan's podcast in the in the LA, and we were there. And uh, he was like, uh, "Well, what's your Twitter?" He'll tell everybody. I told him. He's like, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why don't you use your name?" I go, "I don't know." And then he looks up on the thing. He goes, "It's available. Your name's available. You're not using your name." And so he created the Twitter account for me. And then he uh, he announced that one instead of mine. So then I ended up with you know that day I got two thousand followers from his show. Right. So I couldn't like just, and I already I had like four on my other one. So I was like, what do I do about this? <laughs> now I have two accounts. So it was just, it was formed out of Joe Rogan thinking I was an idiot. <laughs> 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 I, I, I like it. As far as like what you post on both of them, there does seem to be a slight difference. Yeah. Uh, the I, I, Everything stream of consciousness comes out of my uh, scariest evil one. Whereas I, I, I edit the ones that go on good feet. Right. They're more, um, 
they're more tested, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> They've usually generally been a success on another platform of mine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I would say that, that then people should be following the evil Pete Johansson to get... If you, you want, know, like, <laughs> stuff I say when I'm, when I'm high, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense on the other one. Like I'm getting mad at a curtain. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I mean, there's comedy in that. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at least I'm not drinking like I used to. But now I just high all the time. There you That's go. The, other, the tough thing about Canada is having access to such high quality cannabis. You know, treating my back pain, of course. Right. So but, um, so tough. Such a tough thing. <laughs> it is. It's weird because in the UK it was looked down upon aggressively. It's like UK is like visiting 1950s US when it comes to pot. Uh, a perception like people have a real negative overall look at it while they're drunk i wouldn't have guessed that yeah and they all drink their faces off like the uk is a right. country of alcoholics like on a level that like, i've never seen before and they're sitting there telling you you have a problem because of weed you know it's like it's hard to take seriously but they really like no country hates pot more of like at least in the western world than the uk like if you tell somebody you're a pot smoker they talk to you at work about it wow. <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I had no idea even. Whereas they're all drunk at noon. Right. <laughs> you know? Like they're all having a meeting in a pub. <laughs> it seems like that might be reason enough to move. <laughs> that was a, I, I can't say I have any regrets about moving back to Canada. It's been wonderful. The one thing uh, about living in London that was convenient was you were fairly close to Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and frequently did the Edinburgh Fringe over the last few years. I'm still doing it. And I'm actually still commuting to the UK. Okay. Um, like I, I fly back and forth. It's, uh, that's the other reason I chose Toronto over Vancouver because the flight's only six hours from here oh, absolutely, and yeah. Vancouver's nine and a half. So it shapes three, uh, three and a half hours off that trip, which is really nice. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, your Edinburgh experience in general? Edinburgh has been an incredible, incredible festival. I wish we could elevate an open festival in Canada to that level. Um, I mean, I love just for laughs and I, I love Winnipeg, of course. Um, we've got some great invite only festivals. But the idea of allowing everybody to freely participate in a performance art festival like Edinburgh really does create something magical. And uh, to rise to the top of that, like, it's a real, it's a real amazing feeling. Like, I, I, I had some early success there. I got nominated for Perrier there, um, which is a real honor in the UK. And uh, my status quite highly. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, when you're there with, like, you know, 5,000 other performers. <laughs> all putting on shows and you know you, you it, it it works every muscle of your performance ability from your show muscle to your advertising muscle to your network muscle like <laughs> like it's a it's a full thing and also the duration of a month or four weeks is a it's a marathon like i oh, mean yeah everybody gets sick in the third week everybody <laughs> gets depressed everybody goes through like ups and downs you go you get reviewed like crazy that's the other really cool thing is uh, you, you get reviewed by major national newspapers like The Guardian and The Independent, you, like reputable sources so that, you know, you get an introduction to a crossover mainstream, which is very difficult to find here in Canada, you know, mm -hmm. like you'll get a you'll get a mention in the newspaper here, maybe if you survive like a horrible disease, but uh, <laughs> you know, if you're in a critical accident or something. But it's very difficult for stand-ups to get uh, credible mainstream press in, in Canada, which I hope and I think is changing a little bit because it is becoming a higher platform art and people are realizing the complexity and the respect it should get. But uh, it's a slow process for Canadians to accept that we have great comics here. Mm -hmm. I mean, usually when you see an article in the press here, it's usually about an American comic. 
and it really should there should be more about us <laughs> right or rarely about a canadian comic who's done something cool in the united states yeah yeah that's yeah absolutely but it's like there should be a more of a celebration i mean we there's a reason why when i go to uk as a canadian people take me seriously because our country produces such high quality performers but all of us are frustrated here in this country Mm-hmm. And there's no, and it's so easy to change that, uh, and it's it's a lost art called respect. Right. And it's not for us individually; it's just for our practice. I mean, stand-up deserves respect. I mean, when you see the guy telling dirty jokes in the corner of the bar, it's easier to poo-poo. But when you watch so many comics that are approaching complex social issues and finding a way to bridge to people that wouldn't normally listen to topics, but when you engage somebody with laughter to make them sort of question their values and question whether their heart's in the right place i mean that's a powerful tool for societal change and it should get respect you know and uh to not see it treated that way with the mainstream media in canada it's it's a sad thing but i also hopeful and i i see the next generation feeling more respect for stand-up i think it's going to change for the better so not a negativist (laughs) no that's good that's good and i i do hope the same too just as a person personally as a lover of comedy and in a society that's becoming more and more polarized politically, stand-up's one of those avenues where we can see people brought together again. And when we laugh at those differences, we can realize that those fractious sort of things that we think are unsurmountable, you know, in our political arenas, you know, between the, you know, the conservatives, the liberals, and the NDP. If we can all sit in a room and laugh together, we can, we can work a country together and not let it sort of get to the vitriolic level of the U.S. Right. Yeah, so I have a lot of a lot of hope, and we, you know, it's a fight against myopism that's being created through social media too, with a celebration of self. You have to celebrate somebody other than yourself in a comedy club. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, sorry, I have a lot of thoughts on that. <laughs> except for except for the comic on stage who has to celebrate himself in a way. <laughs> it's, that, that is a very difficult sort of uh, uh, razor to walk of narcissism yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, and sulptic delusion. <laughs> because, I mean, you might think it's about you, but it really isn't. It's more, stand-up is so much about listening, too, mm-hmm. like to the audience and sort of uh, feeling the waves of, of their uncomfort and sort of balancing that, <laughs> you know, while still bringing them to your message, whilst not offending them to the point where they leave. <laughs> Well, I think that's what the best stand-ups do, right? Is they, they follow that wave where it goes rather than try and crash into it. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, approach the wave at an angle rather, yeah, than capsize. Nice nautical reference. Dude. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> I didn't know somebody was going to bring up some serious yachting in this. <laughs> <laughs> you, never, you never know what's going to happen. And that's how you win the America's Cup of Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> When you were comparing Edinburgh to, to, you know, the Canadian comedy festivals, I did start to think a little bit about uh, the fringes in Canada, the fringe festivals. Now, I know the Canadian fringes are a bit different than how Edinburgh operates, but have you thought of uh, jumping into that fray? I would, I, I do want to desperately jump into the fringes, um, especially since I have embraced the hour-long individual format so mm-hmm. uh, passionately. My problems with the fringe isn't the fringes yet, because I haven't actually dealt with them, but it's just what my friends who have right. <laughs> that keep telling me that it's run by a lottery and that uh, you're not guaranteed times at a regular time. And Well, yeah, it, 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 I think it depends on each city has a set up a little bit differently but like in winnipeg for instance which i know more so than other places there's the lottery but then there's also once the lottery's done then you can bring your own venue Mm. which means you you arrange with a venue what you want to do which i think is a little bit more what it's like in edinburgh i think what i need to do is find a producer to take me through first 
so nice. I can learn the ropes. Um, I haven't yet come across. Uh, I've only been here a couple of weeks. Maybe maybe if somebody hears this, <laughs> they can yeah. approach me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I totally would l- uh, love to explore the Canadian fringes because I know the Edmonton fringe and the Saskatoon fringe. I've heard wonderful things about. Yeah, uh, well, Win- Winnipeg and Edmonton are both massive. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, not that they're anywhere approaching Edinburgh, because Edinburgh is just so massive that nothing can approach it. But yeah, Win- Winnipeg and Edmonton are both very, very large festivals. And you don't see, personally, I don't see as many comedians. Uh, there's obviously some that, that do it with, with a bit of regularity, but I don't see as many that I think could be doing it. Right. Because there, it is, it is a, it's a captive audience uh, that you've got them for an hour. People are, tend to be very open to new things at fringes, and it seems perfect for, you know, certainly a certain type of, of comedy. Well, I'm, I'm going to run through sort of, like, that's what my show, uh, The uh, Good People, is kind of a rough work through of what I want to do in Edinburgh, you know. Uh, it's not, you know, it's like a, I, 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 trend, I change and transition my shows all year long, so it's always in a state of flux, but um, it's basically that, that's kind of what I'm looking for, the whole idea of what it means to be a good person and why we try and, you know, <laughs> what's the point, <laughs> and, uh, and my own personal failings uh, and evolution, and it's, it's sort of a, it's something everybody can kind of relate to, you know, like in our 20s, we always kind of cringe when we think about the bad shit we did, and can we, you know, correct for it as we age <laughs> but you know no i don't know if it's the the, the descriptions as funny as i want it to be <laughs> <laughs> the, the quiet low <laughs> but i i think for a i think for a you know an hour-long show like that the description isn't necessarily supposed to be like yeah overly haha it's supposed to be engaging and get you in mm-hmm. the other the other stuff you're doing while you're in winnipeg is uh obviously uh, most of the comics end up doing a gala. You're doing the Truth Bomb Gala, yeah. Uh, which I think the the people that are on that it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, people like your, yourself and and Simon King and Deanne Smith. Uh, obviously, the way that the Comedy Fest is set up for those galas, you kind of submit your idea of a set beforehand and get notes and all that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, are you excited for that? I know in the past you've talked about not necessarily <laughs> loving those shorter sets versus a longer set, being able to get to know an audience but i'm a little uh, i'm i'm ex- I'm, a, I'm pretty excited about it yeah um i've got i've got a couple of i got a couple of great uh uh truth bomb lines in there but uh i worry about the sacrificing of the overall theme shortening it of course yeah and there's also a bit that takes quite a bit of uh uh cajoling to get people on board with that i'm worried about such the short set that I, I'm, I'm actually still on the fence. I'm going to try it out for the rest of this week here in Toronto yeah. and see if I can make it work in like seven minutes. But if not, then I'm going to replace it. Uh, <laughs> just it's, it's too risky to have it not work in front of uh, that many people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll put it in my hour show um, if it doesn't work there. Cause it's just, it takes a buildup of, of it's a, it's a comparison of responsibility when it comes to handguns. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and it, I found, uh, to be honest with you, I'm surprised by how little audiences care about talking about handguns in Canada. And that's probably cause there's not a problem with it. Right. And I, f- I found the same in the UK, but I do like, it's a, it's a good bit. Americans like it because <laughs> they have to deal with the issue more implicitly. Yeah. Yeah. Day to day. But I just don't think it's an issue here in Canada, so I don't think it evokes the same side of type of passion. So if it if it does, I, mean, I equate it to our sort of fear of feminism, um, <laughs> and it's a surprising sort of truth bomb take. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. I guess, it, like you said, if it's if it's not in the the gala, yeah. then it'll be in your hour long. So yeah, yeah. Um, and you're you're also doing uh, debaters while you're here. 
Oh, God. Thanks for reminding me. I haven't written it yet. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I got to get on that. Uh, I know you've done you've done a few of those over over the years. Yeah. Uh, and every comic that does it says it's just the most fun thing to do. Why, why do you keep coming back to it? As I get more and more comfortable doing it, it becomes funner and funner. Uh, the first couple I didn't find were fun at all because I was so nervous. after that i started working with people that were just about you know having fun and doing great stuff and it's been a every time since it's been just a wonderful experience of of growth and and you get to work with different comics too that inspire you like this time this is the first time i get to work with erica who's been a friend of mine for like god 15 20 years and uh it's neat to be uh to be doing a debaters with her because she's so good at them too that Mm -hmm. uh it's going to be quite the challenge yeah she's she's one of the most uh, experienced for sure Oh, is she? Oh, so they're putting me up against the big timers. Okay. Yeah, she's this... done quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna do a little research on her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take uh-huh. her down. To, take her down. I don't care if I win. I, I actually, <laughs> I like losing. It's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, especially, especially with well, I think with comedy in general, but with with the thing like the debaters, I mean, the the end result is are people enjoying it, not who wins, who loses, whatever. I legendarily lost against Big Oil. like how bad a debate did i give (laughs) when when big oil wins against my point of view (laughs) but you know it's all in good fun yeah good thing good thing it is because you don't want to be known for that that's why i shouldn't run for politics Uh, but but also the the team behind the debaters is so wonderful you know richard side and graham clark are just ah wonderful people you know and that's the same with the Winnipeg Fest. I mean, uh, you know, Laura Ray has done such a, just an inspiring job of, of getting an eclectic group of comics together, you know, from v- various diverse points of view uh, to this fest. Uh, and, and so Stevenson and Dean Jenkins, and they're all such a great job. But it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great festival showing a lot of different people. Showbizmonkeys.com